Hello from Bradenton, Florida, home of the Cole Tucker resurgence. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins that I hope you'll check out. And yeah, I'm back in Florida for a second tour of spring training, and that'll begin in earnest later today in covering the Pirates Grapefruit League exhibition against the Red Sox at Lecom Park. There is not anything I'll be looking forward to, not just today, not just for the week that I'll be here, but also into the season, then seeing Tucker continue to smash the baseball. And the reason for that is it's a little bit selfish. See, he and I have a bit of a running gag. And this has been going on for a couple of years where I'll walk past him and instead of saying hello or good morning or whatever it is, I'll just say, dude, just hit the ball, man. Just hit the ball. And he laughs and says, I hear you, DK. And then he thanks me, which is actually kind of strange, but it's also very, very much in character. Great, great kid. And you've seen with your own eyes what it's like when he gets on base. He's exciting. He's exciting. And not just visually because you're seeing that hair bouncing all over the place and he's all animated and looking back at the dugout. He's got some speed. He's got a lot of want to. He's someone, how do I put this? He's someone you want on your team when it gets good. Meaning that spirit, that energy, that togetherness. There's no one in that clubhouse still now who goes more out of his way to engage his teammates and to keep them united. He'll be just as immersed in speaking with the Hispanic players as he will with anyone else. He's that guy. You want him to succeed. And so far, he has. I mean, it's it's a really small sample size, and it is spring training. But he's gone 6 for 18 with two homers, a triple, three RBIs. And more important than any of that, he's hit the ball hard, dude. And maybe even more important than that, this could reasonably be viewed as a continuation of what he started last September. And if you were one of the handful of people paying attention to the Pirates last September on their road to 101 losses, you'll know what I'm talking about. Because he did start putting the ball in play with authority over fences, off fences, into gaps, and he was running, and the hair was flying, and he was pointing back to the dugout, and you did start to think to yourself, again, maybe, just maybe, he could still be something. But the question is, and remains, is it real? This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of 
stake on a stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Is it real? Is what we're seeing in the spring from Cole Tucker real? Is what we saw last September real? Or is everything that preceded it and all that relentlessly soft, soft, soft contact, is that what's real? Is that the default that he'll revert back to sooner rather than later? Given the rather candid relationship that we have, I've asked him about that this spring in pretty much those terms. How do we know that this is real? What's different? What's different? What did he change? And in not so many words and absolutely without throwing Rick Eckstein under the bus or anybody else who's been his hitting instructor, because ultimately, look, you're the one in the box. You're the one who's in there. You're the one that's got to make the decisions. You're the one that's got to feel right. You're the one that's got to know what's working for you mechanically and what isn't. And without doing any of that sort of thing, finger pointing, he did acknowledge to me that he felt like he was overanalyzing. He felt like he was thinking a little bit too much, worrying about where this goes or that goes, in which order this should happen, instead of just swinging the bat violently, instead of putting something into it. Now, there's a technical component in all this, and it's something that, my goodness, I've heard this even from lay people, let alone baseball experts, who in just watching him, whether at PNC Park or even on television, have noticed that there isn't much drive from the lower body, or there wasn't anyway, that he wasn't really getting his legs into his swing. It was more of a, a torso, think, thinking of his torso being on a hinge, and his legs would just basically be there, and he'd kind of, you can picture it in your head, right? You know what I'm talking about? He would just go around... And the bat would come around, and whatever force was there was whatever force would be applied from the bat to the ball, and it obviously wouldn't be much. If you watch him now in the spring, you'll see that his his stride is wider, and he is getting more of his legs into the swing. But that's really about it. I pressed him. I, I wanted, like... Give me specifics. Give me a reason to believe. And I couldn't get any more than that from him because I don't think that there is anything more. Ever since he was a child, he's been able to hit a baseball. And I believe, listening to him, that over the last couple of years that he's had so much information flooding into that batting helmet that he's started to approach the art of hitting, maybe like golf, you know, where every tiny thing has to be so controlled. That's not baseball. You know, there's no tee. The ball's going to move on you. 
You got to make decisions. You got to think situationally. But above all, you've got to swing like you mean it. So far, he has. And if that continues, well, that'll be a bright spot for sure in the 2022 season because he's still young enough that he can be part of whatever it is that happens in Pittsburgh when things get good. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for J1Q. Today's comes from Dave White. And Dave asks, the Pirates are leading the Grapefruit League in home runs. And that wind in Bradenton gives and gives up a lot of those home runs. A lot of the runs given up by our pitchers this spring have been on home runs. So I'm not saying that we have a rotation full of Cy Young candidates, but isn't it too early to get concerned about the performance of the pitching staff? Yeah, Dave, that's that's fair. And it's probably something I should have mentioned on yesterday's episode that I believe you're referencing. Uh, The pitching has not been good. There haven't been enough strikeouts. There have been a few too many walks. And there's been too much solid contact. And I guess the best way to fairly illustrate how the Pirates pitchers are doing in the spring would be to get really advanced and start talking about how hard the ball is coming off the opponent's bats, uh, regardless of whether it clears fences and regardless of the number of runs that are produced. And all I gave on yesterday's episode was ERA. I mean, but they were all really, really bad. Okay, so I kind of felt comfortable doing that. But you're right. The Pirates currently have 21 home runs. They're tied with the Yankees, actually, atop the Grapefruit League. Only one team in all of baseball has more home runs, and that would be your billion-dollar Dodgers. They just have one more. They have 22. But this is the sort of stat that's a recurring theme uh, every year. The Pirates are always at or near the top in home runs for the reason that you mentioned. Bradenton is a wind factory. It's either going out to left or it's going out to right, but it's going. And there are games where all you have to do is put the ball up there and let the wind do the rest. I've seen pop-ups, infield pop-ups just get carried out there. It's crazy. And I've also seen fly balls, routine fly balls just become doubles. We actually refer to them uh, around here and have for years as Bradenton doubles. And that can make the pitching stats look bad. So yes, there are more accurate, more telling ways to analyze how the pitching staff has done so far, and how it'll do between now and April 7. I reserve my right to be deeply skeptical of this group other than Mitch Keller to date. I'm looking forward to seeing Keller pitch today, as a matter of fact. I'm looking forward to seeing Keller or someone, anyone, step up, show a little something, Show that you want to be the leader of this staff. Show that you can be the leader of any staff in the majors. 
Keller's Keller's funny. Keller's had that mindset for a long time. He told me two years ago, in no uncertain terms, he expected to be the ace of the staff. He used the term, not me. He expected to be the ace of the staff that year. This was back when Joe Musgrove and uh, Chris Archer and some other guys were still in the fold. He expected to be that guy. And then his stuff just vanished on him for whatever reason. Well, his stuff is back, and it's back in a big way. And if he can make that step forward, listen, the whole discussion that we're having about the pitchers changes to a degree if even one of them steps up, even one of them. And Keller right now is shaping up to be that guy. So see, Dave, I can talk about the pitching in a uh, in a brighter light as well. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one from down here tomorrow. 